Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. Illinois would become a third trimester abortion destination, an underage abortion haven under new bills backed by Planned Parenthood and being considered in the General Assembly. With us to discuss the fight to protect life is former State Representative Peter Breen, Vice President and Senior Counsel for the Pro-Life Thomas More Society based right here in Chicago. Just how bad are House Bills 2495 and 2467? This package of bills would be the worst abortion legislation in the country of anything that's been pending lately. Uh, It's 120 pages of ripping pretty much every single protection out of our code that deals with abortion, forcing private insurers to provide abortions for their employees for free, no co-pays and no exceptions for religious employers and uh, religious nonprofits, along with wiping away every regulation on late-term abortion and pulling back our parental notice law, which has saved thousands of lives since it went into effect in 2012. The Illinois House and Senate, controlled by pro-abortion Democrats, they have super majorities. So barring a miracle, it appears these bills are going to pass. Well, right now, I looked at the list of co-sponsors on this, and they're calling it the Reproductive Health Act. So they've used the same title as that terrible bill in New York. you got to love that title. They don't want anyone to actually read the bill and don't want anyone to talk about the implications, which we've done and, and started to push back on. Uh, so right now with a list of co-sponsors, it looks like they've got the votes they need in the House, and the House is the tougher chamber to get through for the abortion side. So that's really the key chamber. But... You know, recently we, we had a big drive to put witness slips in. I believe over 10,000 people put witness slips in on each bill. And I believe on the other side there might have been a few hundred. So we're, we're winning the early battles on this. But this is going to be a long, long struggle. Really what the pro-life movement needs to know is, yes, right now, if the vote were held today, these bills pass. So we've got to do our work to peel people off Uh, Just in the last uh, couple of weeks, I think three co-sponsors have peeled off of the bill. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll vote against it, but if we can continue that work of pulling people off the bill, that's the way that you keep them from passing. Is there a danger that this bill will be pushed through immediately? Well, smart politicians would not want to run this as one of the first initiatives under the new legislature with J.B. Pritzker as the governor. Pritzker just proposed a big tax increase. Uh, He's got very aggressive uh, spending that he wants to start doing. So I think he wants to keep the focus on all of the goodies he's going to provide and then raising taxes on the rich, as he puts it. Uh, I don't think they want the narrative to go into third trimester abortions, underage abortions. If I were them, I would try to ram this through at the close of the session when everything is busy and maybe maybe it could get lost a little bit. Uh, Instead of doing it right now when the whole country is inflamed over this issue of third trimester abortion. Third trimester abortion, it really goes up almost to the point of birth. During birth, yes. And, and, and here's the thing. So in Illinois, we pretty much don't have the, the post-viability abortions, those third trimester abortions. It's not really being done today. But in the states where they've liberalized their laws, you've seen late-term abortionists set up shop near the airport 
They have a hotel where they have the, uh, the people stay for this, what is usually a multi-day procedure. Folks literally, they fly in, they have the abortion done over those several days, and they fly them right back out. And so if, if we were to take this, this new bill and enshrine it into law, you would see abortionists set up shop near O'Hare Airport or maybe Midway, and you would see this start happening where people would be streaming into Illinois to get these horrific late-term procedures, uh, these dismemberment abortions, and, and then just fly them home. They're trying to normalize abortion. Down the road, if they lift the restrictions on where abortions can be committed, could we see a Planned Parenthood, for instance, in a Walmart, a Costco? What you're going to see is you can put an abortion clinic anywhere, and under this bill, there's another provision which says a nurse, advanced practice nurse, and a physician's assistant could do abortions with no supervision of a physician. They could do abortions on their own. So this would become the one surgical procedure that those healthcare professionals could do. So think about it. Any nurse anywhere in the state could set up a, a small office and just start doing abortions in the back with no way of, uh, no way of tracking. Uh, no way of, of knowing you know, whether the, the facility is, is up to, to snuff or code. And they could be doing late-term abortions, too. It's crazy. It is crazy. House Bill 2467 repeals the Parental Notice of Abortion Act of 1995. Even though it's not parental consent, it's still saving lives. So if this is repealed, just how big of an impact will that have here in Illinois? Well, here's what we can say. The, the, you know, the Thomas More Society fought hard. The, uh, when the Illinois Supreme Court finally initiated the rules in 2006, it took us till 2012 to get this into effect. The law was passed in 95. It took Illinois from Roe v. Wade until 2012, so from 1973 to 2012, to finally have a parental notice law in a place. We saw from the statistics that are published by uh, the Department of Health a 55% drop in underage abortions in the time from before this law was enacted until after today. So you've seen thousands of babies born, thousands of young women who have carried their pregnancies to term. You've also seen a drop in the number of young women from out of state because every state surrounding us has effective parental involvement laws. You've seen a significant drop in out-of-state young women being brought here for secret abortions. Does this sweeping legislation of 2495, will that impact in any way pro-life pregnancy care centers? Well, what it does is by enshrining abortion as a public good, and really it also it makes abortion a fundamental right in the state of Illinois, and in fact, applies strict scrutiny to every single regulation of abortion. So in other words, abortion would be getting stronger protection than the First Amendment uh, in Illinois under this statute. Yes, yeah, so, so abortion would be our greatest public good if this statute were enshrined in a law. So you have to look at pregnancy centers and say, are, are they going to be regulated out of existence? There, there's an allowance in this bill for local municipalities to start regulating abortion and doing more pro-abortion regulations. So you've seen in other states, you've seen abortion sanctuary laws where uh, you were forced to hire people who are pro-abortion. Uh, so things like that could really impact uh, our local pregnancy centers, particularly the city of Chicago. Uh, if you, You'd expect the city of Chicago City Council to do more radical pro-abortion legislation than even this. It's hard to even conceive of what else they could do, but you could see them trying to shut down pregnancy centers. They already have a bubble zone in Chicago, and this could be next on their agenda. 
I'm, I'm just wondering, though, what about the right of conscience? Does that go out the window? Uh, will a doctor or a nurse have to be involved in abortion? Well, the, the way we're looking at it is this. It, it certainly is, would then be open to question. There is a Health Care Right of Conscience Act, but that has already been weakened. It was weakened a few years ago. We're fighting that in court, the weakening. We're fighting it in court. But with that already weakened, and then getting a public policy statement like this one, that abortion's a fundamental right, that you know, that pretty much is the top public good in Illinois, we are very worried that whatever conscience protections are left, whatever ephemeral conscience protections are left, won't be enough to protect that nurse at Northwestern Hospital that's told, hey, get in here and help with this late-term abortion. Or that doctor who's working at a, at a hospital that does abortions and says, hey, we need you to, to help out here. We need you to participate here. Very worried they're not going to be able to resist. And for those religious health care facilities that don't provide abortions, you've seen the ACLU sue in other states to force them to do this. In Illinois, they'd be getting an open door to bring those lawsuits if this bill were to put, be put into law. I'm wondering if doctors who want to practice in Illinois, they'll have to have abortion training as part of their uh, college education. Well, you know, we had uh, something called SB 1564. That was the amendment to the Right of Conscience Act. That impacted pro-life doctors. Uh, and so we've been able to get that enjoined in the courts so far. But this bill would bring up a whole new set of problems for us that, uh, that really, you, you do wonder, can a healthcare professional, we're going to get to a place where a healthcare professional may not be able to reject abortion and be able to advance or, or to practice their, uh, their chosen profession. This is Illinois Family Spotlight, talking with Peter Breen, the Vice President and Senior Counsel of the Pro-Life Thomas More Society. We're going to discuss how we can fight this legislation after this. Kate has a home on the left. This is Dan Prof for townhall.com. If you have to pass a resolution saying we in the House won't tolerate anti-Semitism, what does that say about what you in the House have really been tolerating? Even more astounding than the panoply of vile statements that are in Representative Ilhan Omar, an endorsement from the KKK's David Duke, is the enabling of anti-Semitism by Jewish members of Congress. The whole Omar affair is illustrative of identity politics. The pursuit of political power demands some cultural Marxists create an identity, while others abandon theirs. The key is everyone plays nice on the the noxious intersectional playground. So Rachel Dolezal is black, Caitlin Bruce Jenner is a woman, and Representative Jan Schakowsky is an apologist for anti-Semitism who chalks up Omar's intemperance to a cultural difference, suggesting that Omar didn't say what she said and didn't mean what she meant. It turns out hate does have a home on the left. I'm Dan Proft. Hello, I'm David Smith, the executive director of Illinois Family Institute, a state-based Christian pro-life and pro-family public policy organization. I want to invite you to join us as we seek to be salt and light to a dark and rapidly decaying culture. You can do that in a number of ways. For example, you can join our email list to get timely alerts and great cultural commentaries. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, listen to our podcasts, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can attend one or more of the special events and forums we host in different parts of the state. We do all these things to encourage and equip Christians in Illinois. You see, we need you to help us fulfill our mission to boldly bring a biblical perspective to public policy. Our faith requires us to be bold, speak truthfully, and love our neighbors. Join us. Visit IllinoisFamily.org to learn more. Again, 
That is IllinoisFamily.org. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here talking with Peter Breen with the Pro-Life Thomas More Society. Peter, it's important when people who say they are pro-life to connect with their state lawmakers. And now more than ever, they should do that because of the sweeping anti-life legislation in House Bill 2467 and 2495. Here's the thing. If you hadn't been talking regularly to your legislator, you've got to start now. And now I would say this, look, we've got to beat these bills back, but no matter what happens, you've got to get into regular communication with your local legislator, if that's possible. And understanding that legislators are being pulled in 15 different directions. They've got thousands of bills they've got to look at. And so these handful of pro-life measures are, are, for many of them, are at the back of their mind. You want to bring them to the front of mind and make sure that whenever any of these issues come up, the legislator thinks of you as someone who's a resource or possibly someone who, who might be disappointed if they vote uh, against uh, the pro-life position. An email's probably not a good idea. They don't read them. So maybe a call or a personal visit right there in the district office. So, so think about it. We, we are, all of us, are just flooded with online information, whether it's social media, the emails, or whatever. What cuts through? actual, tangible human interaction. So either a face-to-face, write a handwritten note. I'll tell you, handwritten notes made it to my desk. Uh, so that's something too. Uh, you know, or hey, if, if somebody does a, a, a vote that you like, send them flowers, send them a box of chocolate, do whatever. You know, I mean, do something that people might say, you know, that'll cause uh, them to pay a little more attention to, uh, to your issue. And when you go there, be respectful. Uh, as much as uh, we think this is just evil legislation, you still have to be respectful. You've got folks that are trying to represent a district in, a, in the, the way that they think they're supposed to. And they may have made certain commitments, too. So you, you might be uh, asking them to go a particular way on a bill that they publicly promised they wouldn't. So you might, you know, you're, you're trying to get them to pull back on something or maybe to, to minimize a particular position. So you have to understand that, be respectful of it. And that is, uh, that's a difficult thing. Because remember, too, they're going to take these votes. They're going to vote with you or against you. And they're going to continue, and they're going to vote with you or against you the next year. So you've got to keep the line of communication open you know, with your local legislator. Now, we're recording this interview at the Speak Out Illinois conference, and this precedes a big pro-life rally in Springfield on March 20th and another on April 3rd. So let's look beyond the two big rallies. What do folks who are participating in those rallies need to be doing after those events? What you do with a rally is you are desperately trying to generate attention to the point where those politicians look and go, boy, if these people were all out walking precincts against me or if they were all giving money to my opponent, ooh, that would be bad. You know, or, or boy, you, I mean, you send a message with a big rally, boy, the people are worked up about this. So what you want to do with a big rally is use your social media tools. So we talked about, hey, the, the, you know, they're distracted and with all the social media and everything. Get on social media with your rally. Make sure locally folks know, hey, we went to Springfield and here's what's happening. You know, make sure that that's what you can use those big public events for. You can draw some attention of the public, maybe then help direct it towards the, uh, to the legislator so that they hey, go, oh, oh boy, people really are angry about this in the broad group. And that can also, if you hadn't been meeting with your legislator, you might get a meeting after a rally like that because they say, hey, I better, I better let these folks in the office. I better see what they're talking about. 
How do we use this late-term abortion legislation, essentially no restriction abortion legislation, and the demise of parental notice against these lawmakers at the ballot box? Can we use that against them? I hope so, because I, I know that the people of Illinois don't support this sort of you know, late-term barbarism. People of Illinois, when you poll them, they're mildly pro-choice on abortion, but they certainly are not for paying for the abortions with tax dollars, and we've done that, you know, did that last term. They're certainly not for secret abortions on underage girls. You know, they're certainly not for these late-term barbaric abortions. So use those in your social media outreach and your outreach to friends and family. Here's the thing, a lot of times you find, you know, a typical suburban Democrat legislator, folks say, oh, well, that's, that person seems so nice. They just seem like a pleasant person. They don't really have any thought about it. And if you said, hey, did you realize, therefore, this you know, barbaric procedure? Boy, they rolled back all the regulations on abortion clinics. Boy, they did this. You start to introduce seeds of doubt in the people of that district, and maybe you can help to either change the legislature, or you could change the mind of the legislator, or you can get yourself a new legislator. Well, let me ask you about that. Do you think this will energize folks who have been sitting on the sidelines politically? That's for somebody else to do. And they'll say, you know, if I'm ever going to run, now is the time because look what's happening in our state. The important thing to do is to generate attention, to generate energy, and, and be able to draw people into the pro-life movement in a way, and, and, and not just the pro-life movement, but, but more on the folks that are trying to support strong families and more of the, you know, the Judeo-Christian ethic. Get those folks coming and then get them activated. So that's how I see it in, in, this, in this mode. You, when you have these moments where people on the other side have overextended to, to a great degree, You've got to use that to bring folks into your, uh, your group, your community, your pro-life community, and then get them moving. And again, maybe, maybe that's some folks running for office. I think there are probably plenty of people running for office. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, in certain districts, you might need some folks. But boy, what, what we miss is good people walking, knocking on doors, talking to their neighbors. It's really not that hard to do. And, and particularly when you've got an issue like this one where you know your neighbors are with you, It'd be great to go and talk to them and say, hey, did you know Representative so-and-so voted for late-term abortions? Can you believe this? That's extreme. It is. It's outrageous. And, and you know, you could talk about it at church. You're not politicking. You're just informing at church. Uh, so you're trying not to politic too much at church. Uh, it is a moral issue. Oh, it is. It is, certainly. And, you know, in one-to-one, you can, you, can, you can certainly say, hey, you know, the, the, what, what, are, are you going to help out so-and-so? Uh, you know, but that is, uh, it's the sort of thing, you know, you can reach out to your networks now and talk to them. I, I've heard so much anecdotally that, uh, that folks who are maybe even moderately pro-choice, this third trimester business just gets them going to say, what is this? I'm not for this. That's not what, what, I, what I thought I had signed up for with Representative so-and-so or Senator so-and-so. Planned Parenthood has titled this bill, 2495, the Reproductive Health Act. My goodness, they're equating abortion with health care. How do we change the narrative? Continue to call it what it is. So use third trimester abortion, use secret abortions on underage uh, girls. You know, terms, terms that are very direct. You know, free abortions, you know, being forced on a religious employer. Talk about what the bill does. There are plenty of resources out there that you can say, hey, you know, use that term. Because they, when you actually talk to them about what the bill does, who can defend that? Who in their right mind can defend that? They can defend the Reproductive Health Act, which is very amorphous sounding. You say, well, you know, shouldn't everyone have, uh, you know, help, you know, reproductive, be healthy in their reproductive functions? Certainly, yes, but this doesn't do that. In 2019, 
that's the best we can do for health care, a dead baby. It just doesn't make sense. Well, and, and not just that, it, conscience violations and forcing you to pay for everyone else's abortions for free, like late term, and then these poor young ladies who you know now are involving a parent and then they're, they're determining as a family to, to carry that child to term. I mean, I, I just I can't even imagine the, the, you've got thousands of children that will die if these bills go through. And you've got thousands of women who will be harmed if these bills go through. I mean, there are literally lives on the line with these bills. And in the land of Lincoln, we could be the most, the governor says, progressive state. I think it's regressive state in the nation. We could become the most pro-abortion state in the nation. Well, at a time when you've got a fiscal mess that is, it's the laughingstock of the country, We've lost population for every year for the last five years. The only other state to do that is West Virginia, which has its own reasons and its own troubles for why that's happening. For us, it's because our government has been incompetent. To, to put on top of that, turning us into the abortion capital of the country, that, that doesn't make any sense. And, and I'll tell you something, we've got to worry. So they're coming after health care providers. You know they're coming after pretty much every person of faith. I mean, Illinois, you're not, you know, so far you've seen most people who have left are mostly economic refugees. Uh, there are folks at the lower end who can't find jobs. There are folks at the higher end who say, hey, I'm getting more money elsewhere and you know, what have you. I can do a better business elsewhere. What happens when people of faith are t I just feel like I, I can't make a life for myself or my kids here? I don't want that. We, we don't need to have that happen to our state. And we're being complicit in some respects to this abortion industry because our tax dollars are being used for it. Right. And, and that's, that's another point that no matter what happens with these bills, Every single year, the legislature votes to appropriate money to, to do these abortions, elective abortions, uh, you know, and, and that's first and second trimester. You're with the Thomas More Society. Are there any legal maneuvers, remedies that could be undertaken to help fight these bills? Well, we would mostly focus on the conscience aspects. So you're looking at the First Amendment, right, to free exercise of religion. But that, those are limited. They're limited avenues. When you roll back regulations on those third trimester abortions, you really, it's tough to find any way that you could sue. Uh, and so if these bills were to go into law, we'd have some limited remedies. But boy, it's, not, uh, it's certainly not a sure thing particularly with the way the judiciary is today. You know, I, I would not hang my hat on uh, legal remedies getting us out of this. Thomas More Society is fighting on behalf of David Delayden. I know you have limits on what you can say, but how's the fight going? It, it's going very well. We are in the midst of about 40 depositions, which are happening nearly every day. So I've, I've been a, making a lot of trips to California. Uh, we are deposing some of the top people at Planned Parenthood across the country. And we are, you know, look, we're forcing them under oath to, to talk about the issues. And so that is something uh, that that's, you know, we're getting a lot of good evidence, we're getting a lot of good admissions, and we hope to go forward and win this case in front of the jury in San Francisco. People need to be praying. Absolutely. This, this is, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood and the National Abortion Federation, they're co-partners in this. They desperately want to take David Daleiden down because the worst thing that's happened to them in the last 20 years were these videos that just tore the mask off of the abortion industry. So we've got to stop them from doing that. You know, they want to put David in jail for 10 years. They want to bankrupt David and everybody that was in any way involved with him. We have to fight, fight that off. If we can do it, it'd be a massive victory for the whole country for the pro-life movement. And we need to be praying about these two extreme pro-abortion bills too, Peter. 
Yes, absolutely. And so, I mean, that you know, the prayer is, uh, you know, it's, it's work and prayer. So go talk to your legislators and keep praying uh, both for them and for, uh, for a good outcome here. Peter, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, will you make another foray into uh, elected office? You know, you never say never, uh, but right now I will tell you we, we've got a two-year-old and a six-month-old, and I've got these cases for David Daleiden, and uh, so that's really the, my focus right now. Who knows, you know, next year, two years, four years, something like that. You know, we'll, we'll just, uh, I, I'm keeping a careful eye on the political environment. Let's put it that way. Well, tell me about how folks can help the Thomas More Society. Sure. Well, if you go to our website, thomasmoresociety.org, and More is with one O, thomasmoresociety.org, you can keep up on our work, you can donate, you can offer to pray, uh, because we're up against the largest law firms in the country. They are spending millions of dollars to try to put David down and, and to put down him, all of his, his co-workers. Uh, and so, you know, we, we can do the work a lot cheaper, but it isn't free, as you know. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Peter Breen, former state representative, vice president, senior counsel of the faith-based, pro-life, Thomas More Society based right here in Chicago. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, tell a friend about Illinois Family Institute and also Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.